right, all right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fly Eagles Fly podcast. Um, back back at you again. Um, surprisingly, a lot of football news. I know the, the finals are going on for the NBA. But before I get into any of this stuff, um, not not to sort of start off on a bad note, but um, I have to give a sh- I have to give you know my thoughts and prayers out to everybody. Um, down in Uvalde, Texas, um, during that, that awful time. And, uh, I'm not going to get super political or anything like that. It's not really the space for that. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about it, but, um, it's just awful. And I'm sending my prayers and condolences to everyone out there. Um, everyone who lost somebody, you know, uh, it's just, it's sad. It's sad to see that not, this is still happening. You know, violence does exist. And, um, you know, my thoughts and my prayers go out to all those people, seriously, um, you know, I was watching it, you know, holding back tears. My, my little sister who's around those little kids, kids ages, uh, just had a, a concert and I'm like watching her and I'm getting like emotional because, you know, like I'm literally, I'm sitting on my couch, you know, watching this, you know, tearing up because, you know, I can't imagine something like that happening. So uh, I'm not a parent. I have no idea what, what that's like or what losing a, a kid is like or anything. But, um, my thoughts and prayers go out to you guys. If you know anybody, if you know somebody for sure reach out, tell your loved ones you love them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. It sucks. It's it's awful. Um, and I don't want to go, you know, I offer some words of, of condolences and that's about all I can do. So, um, it's a moment of silence for you guys. So, all right, well, to transition off of that, I just feel like I had to address that. I couldn't come on here and not address it. It happened like two days ago. So, um, Again, just wanted to offer up my condolences, but um, let's go ahead and, and jump into this episode, man, on that uh, that somber note. Uh, but uh, we got a we got a kind of a packed show for you guys today. We're going to talk about Nick Saban and his NIL comments. We're going to talk about a lot of Eagle stuff. Eagle signed James Bradbury to a one year, ten million dollar deal. OTAs have officially started for the Eagles um, rookie camp. Uh, Eagles sign every, I think it's every rookie that was drafted is signed by the Eagles so far. Cam Jurgens just signed his, his contract. Uh, and we're talking about some AJ Brown has been getting death threats from his, from Titans fans. Uh, he posted that on Instagram. Um, and I got, I saw it on HUD radio. Shout out to them. That's, I see a lot of the Eagle stuff from there. Um, we're gonna go through some NFC East rankings where I think the Eagles are going to rank amongst some of the, uh, it, it's it's a list time, you know, in the summer, there's list after list after list that's going to come out before the season starts, especially in like August is when like things are really ramping up. So, excuse me, you have to excuse me, I got a little bit of a, I got my allergies are kind of acting up and uh, they just cut the grass outside. So, you know, I may have to cut some stuff out because I'm sneezing, but uh, I apologize for that. Um, also, we're going to talk about if the Eagles had one of the best off seasons to date, not only for the Eagles, but in the NFL. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Marcus Epps a little bit. Um, Eagles saying he could potentially be the starting safety, although Anthony Harris is, in fact, coming back. So let's go ahead and talk about it. So not, we got to knock out the Eagles stuff first. This is the Eagles podcast. We're going to talk about the Eagles stuff. So they signed James Bradbury to a one-year $10 million uh deal uh one year 10 million dollars um now the funny thing is like (laughs) 
for the past two seasons, we've we've completely robbed the Giants of happiness. You know, um, partially is kind of their own doing, but we have completely robbed them of all happiness. Now, they have had a great draft, by the way. It has to be one of the one of the better drafts. I mean, got offensive tackle Evan Neal, uh, also got Kevon Thibodeau. So they have had a really good offseason. And I have to apologize because last last episode I said that uh, the Jets had drafted Akima Kwanu, which is wrong. It was the Panthers. Um, so I have to address that. I was wrong about that. If you guys saw, you know I was wrong about that, hopefully. Um, but that was my bad. Um, but they had a great draft. The Giants had a fantastic draft. And so, but they lose corner James Bradbury and they signed a couple of guys um, around the league. I know they signed Michael Jaquette, um, who was a former Eagle as well. And he was pretty good. Um, he had he had a pretty stellar game against um, DeAndre Hopkins uh, in the Cardinals game where he was just stuck on DeAndre. You know, a lot there was a lot of throws that came his way where, again, he was just stuck on him, and it that was kind of crazy to watch um, to see him just kind of come off the bench and be that be that well be that good. Um, that was kind of cool, but you know, D Hop is going to be D Hop. He's going to get some crazy catches. There's nothing you can really do about that. So, um, but yeah, they got him. Uh, and somebody else, but this isn't a Giants podcast. James Bradbury comes over, and it's—I think it's so funny. The reason I bring up the past two years is because when we drafted Devonte Smith, they were like, "Oh, just another girl that's going to get locked down by James Bradbury, right?" And then James Bradbury leaves, and now they're like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. Kadarius Tony's going to embarrass James." It's like, come on, son. Like either you like the guy or you don't like the guy. It's fine. I just think it's funny how how quick they switch up on people. I thought that was cool. Um, and, I mean, we get another star player from the Giants. I mean, first of all, the Giants fans are going to be upset about it, right? But you guys had an opportunity to sign him back, right? You, you, that falls on really you guys more than anyone else, right? Because, the Eagle, of course, the Eagles are going to offer a guy that was a former pro bowler, right? He was a pro bowler two years ago. He's one season removed from a pro bowl season. So why, why would you not resign him? Right. That that's just as unless there was something that they saw that they didn't like, who knows? But that's really on the GM. That's on the GM, whoever the fuck it is. I don't know who that is, but that's on them. Maybe they're trying to save money for the cap. They're going to full rebuild. But how would you let James Bradbury walk and then not and, and keep Daniel Jones? You know what I'm saying? God, man, my fucking nose is killing me. And why like why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like like Daniel Jones is not I mean he's He's a, he has all the physical tools, but he just doesn't put it together. You know, like the, I, I don't know. I have really weird thing on, well, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, about in the rankings, I'll talk to you. I'll talk a little bit more in depth about that and what I feel. Uh, but yeah, so the, then transition off of that, the Eagles have signed every rookie that was drafted. Cam Jurgens being the last one to sign on uh, Dean, Jordan Davis have all signed, their uh their draft tender i should say so cam, oh, cam jurgens is by a lot of by a lot of people that are actually watching otas is a stud i mean he's an absolute stud i mean the dude if you saw the video of him like you know pass setting versus a, a cow you know what i mean or whatever so you know stuff like that is kind of cool and i'm i'm actually really excited for him moving forward as an eagle um and plus, he has one of the best nicknames, probably outside of Sauce Gardner. You know, Beef Jerky. 
Um, amazing. So Cam Jurgens is a stud. Uh, AJ Brown's getting death threats from Titans fans. Right. And you know, what's crazy is that everybody, everybody shits on Eagles fans, right? Like it's, it's kind of normal to be like, Oh, you know, those fans out in Philadelphia, we saw Yankees fans like throwing stuff right onto the field after, after a game, right? They're throwing like stuff at, at the other team, right? I think it was the guardians, the Cleveland guardians. They were literally, they were throwing like beer bottles and shit like that. Um, if that was the Eagles fans, they'd be condemned. But since it's fucking New York, they're like, Oh, you know, they get, they get like no bad press. It's like, and then on top of that, right? Like the Titans fan do this and n- nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about how if you're in Philadelphia and you're a player, the media almost doesn't even give a shit if you're if the players are giving it to you, right? Or or the fans are giving it to you, they're booing or whatever, they always point it out. But if you're getting death threats from Titans fans, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like it's like it's almost like nobody gives a fuck. You know what I mean? And it's it's messed up because at the end of the day, all fan bases are crazy to a degree. Right? It's just that Philly fans always get the bad rap like philly fans a lot of your like like oakland or or, sorry raiders fans vegas raider fans now like it's always those two fan bases that get like the worst of it right um and i don't really i don't really care to be honest with you because i've kind of accepted that like if if you're a fan of philly sports in general you know that that people are gonna you know like you you know that the media is gonna have a field day if you boo anyone or whatever right but it's like at the same time where's that energy for anyone else that does it? You know what I'm saying? Like there's no energy for anybody else or any other fan base. And that's kind of annoying, right? So AJ Brown's getting death threats from his, to his family, bro. Like for getting, for getting traded. It's like he was going to hold out because he wanted money. The Titans were on the plan. And by the way, Traylon Burks didn't have a great first practice, right? I don't know if you guys have been watching that, but Traylon Burks actually, I wouldn't say he quit, but he, they were saying he was out of breath. He was like, <laughs> after every fucking rep. So, like, listen, it's it's hot out. Uh, I think he took the bowl game off against Penn State um, to to prepare for the draft. So, if, if you're taking that much time off to prepare for the draft, to prepare for the combine, you should be in some good shape. But, again, it was the first practice, so maybe it's just because it's hot. Listen, when it's hot, you run all of the equipment. It's not great. It's not great to be in a helmet and pads in 90-degree weather, 100% humidity. It sucks. It's awful, right? But, you know, it just not, it's not a great start, right, for Chandler Burks and his, in his career with the Titans. But, again, it's just one practice, so who knows? I'm not condemning the guy. I'm just pointing it out. That's all. Um, and then... Last thing I want to talk about, or or actually just to just to wrap up the AJ Brown thing, don't I will never understand why people threaten the families of players, right? Like like when Carson Wentz left, right, or when all the rumors started coming out about Carson Wentz, did I never speaking from me, right? I never thought about DMing him, talking about his family, like like what what does it have to do? What it does. If if an NFL player DM'd a fan, right, and talked about their family and said that they were gonna, you know, kill their family or whatever, that per that that NFL player would be lucky to get a job again. 
right? He'd be lucky if he doesn't get banned. He'd be lucky if, if something doesn't. He better be a fucking dog. He better be a beast if he's going to DM somebody and tell them about their family. You know what I'm saying? So you better have your ducks in a row if you're a fan out there. Don't go eat. Because if, if, if your job found out that you were sending like DMs to somebody telling them that they were gonna you were gonna kill their family, I'm sure you'd get fired. I'm I'm almost sure that you get fired, right? Especially if you're dealing with people. Like if you're a cashier at Macy's and you're telling people I'm gonna kill your family, you probably get fired, right? So let's have some class here. All right. So at the end of the day, don't fuck with the players. It's different. Uh, you should be allowed to heckle to to a degree. Right to a degree, you should be allowed to heckle. Like if you're talking about the game, that's different. If you're talking about, you know, if you're at the game, you're like you suck or whatever. You should be able to do that. That's fine, right? But just know that that whoever that player is can say something back to you. KD, like especially in the NBA, they're famous for doing that now. You know what I'm saying? They're famous for telling people to shut the fuck up from the from the floor, right? Like KD's telling fans you need to shut up, and fans are like, hey, you got to take over this game. Do I agree with? Them being able to do it, I don't think you should cuss at everyone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't think you, you know, someone's like, hey, man, you know, you're, you're playing good. Shut the fuck up. You know, that's a little bit, that's a little bit kind of off the, you're like, okay, like you're coming across as kind of a prick, but at the same time, this is your job. You know what I mean? Like if, again, if I'm a cashier at Macy's and someone's like, hey, man, you need to hurry up and give me my change. I'm like, yo, sh- I wish I could say shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I kind of see both sides, but at the end of the day, fans, you need to not reach out to these people personally, especially because a lot of them will probably fuck 90% of us up. So just keep it about performance. Keep it about like, you know, whatever it is. Just keep it about performance. That's it. Right. Don't get into the family talk because that's, that's going to a whole nother level. So, all right. So we talked about James Bradbury, talked about OTA starting, talked about every rookie, Cam Jurgens finished the AJ Brown thing. So let's go ahead and talk. Actually, let's let's touch on Marcus Epps. So Marcus Epps uh, potentially is going to be the new starting safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I actually don't hate this move. Um, I think Epps showed a lot. I think Epps played a lot of snaps last year, right? And the Eagles here. Here's what was kind of cool though: is that the Eagles were a top ten defense by stats, right? The, statistically, they were a top, top, not top five, top ten defense. Statistically speaking, right? But they weren't really, you know, a top a top ten team or a top ten defense when you when you go back and you look at it. So, like competitively, like the Rams. That's a top 10 defense. You know what I'm saying? Like the Rams, uh, who else had a good defense last year? The Rams had a, had a hell of a defense. The Bengals got hot, right? Like they got hot in the playoffs, had a hell of a defense. Um, put the clamps really on Patrick Mahomes coming down to the end of that game uh, in the AFC Championship. So the Bengals got hot, um, and they and they have since bolstered that offensive line. I think they're going to be a lot better. Uh, it's just a, it was just a cohesive unit. Um, you see what I'm saying? So they, the Eagles were top 10 in terms of like certain things, but they were statistically a top 10, but they, they weren't right. Like you, you, if you watch the games, as many of you guys did, if you watched every game, 
you knew that they weren't. You knew that there was going to be times where there was going to be a blown coverage. There was going to be some sort of screw up, right? Um, and, and it really fell on the weakness of the defense, which is now unequivocally was the linebacking core, right? The linebacking core was the absolute weakness of this defense. And now you can kind of see where Jonathan Gannon is going. Like I, like I mentioned last time, you can see where he's going with, you know, uh, N'Kobe Dean being a coverage guy. Kazir, uh, Kaiser White, who's an Emmaus guy from the Valley, you know what I'm saying? Um, he is is, a, is also a converted safety. So, you know, you have guys like that who are going to be coverage guys who are going to be able to pick up tight ends. And and that's kind of the – that's where, you know, to, to be in that situation, to be like uh, – how you say, like to be a, comp- a contender, right, for a Super Bowl or be in the playoff discussion, you have to have a good pass rush and you have to have linebackers that can cover. Because there's Travis Kelsey's, there's um, George Kittle's, there's I think even you know look at a, look at a guy like Dallas Goddard who's an up and comer from the Eagles, um, Logan Thomas, right? So you look at those guys, you need someone that's going to cover them, right? And that is the kind of the direction that the defense is going. Um, and Marcus Epps I think fits into that because he's a safety now that is a he's a big hitter, you know what I'm saying? Like he he'll come down, he tries to lay the boom, and I I don't necessarily hate it when guys do that, right? Like I, I, I don't know. I like, I grew up watching highlights of Brian Dawkins, watching highlights of Cam Chancellor. So I don't necessarily mind the guys coming up and just laying the boom and getting run over. That's part of it, right? Like not everyone's going to be a Ronnie lot where you just hit somebody and it just boom, you know, it's just not everyone has that kind of potential, but I have no, I don't have an issue with you as a safety trying to get the big hit, right? Because that's, I don't know. That that's just kind of what I like. So, and and I and I like our, I like Marcus Epps for that. He's a physical guy, right? So if they can polish up a little bit of his, you know, a little bit of his recognition, a little bit of his because he, he's more of a run stopper kind of guy. I also like Kevon Wallace a lot out of out of Clemson, um, who's kind of again he's like a he's a a guy that's going to play down in the box. So I I do really like that. Um, I I do like Marcus Epps. But without without a doubt, the safeties can kind of – now it almost seems like it's switched because the Eagles have put a lot of emphasis on safeties in the past, right? And, you know, obviously with Rodney McLeod and all that, you know, obviously Rodney left this year, but they've put a lot of – they've put a lot of uh, – God, man, I keep losing what I'm saying, man. Uh, they put a, a lot of like stock in that in past, and now or in the past now they've put a lot of the stock in the corners, right? And because that's really where the money is, right? It's the corners because everyone you could sit back and you play shell coverage and not give up the deep play for the most part, but if you want to play shell coverage, right, you also want to have the option to come down to play man to man and challenge man to man. And with Darius Slay and James Bradbury, you can do that kind of across the board now. Um, and I do think that. Um, Avante Maddox is one of the really one of the best slot corners, uh, at, at least in the division. Um, maybe he can be mentioned in the NFL, but I think he's just built for the slot. He's just a big dude. He, or he's a he's not super big. He's like five. I think he's like five seven, five eight. But he's like he's like thick. You know what I mean? Like he's you know he's like a, he's like a tank, right? Um, and he he's quick, right? So he can keep up with the the suddenness 
that comes out of the slot. So, um, I, me personally, I do like, I do like the way that the, the Eagles defense is looking, and you can kind of tell that they're gearing towards coverage a lot more and getting at you. So obviously, they they bring in Jordan Davis uh, to sort of be that run stopper, but they want to get at you with the pass rush, rush four cover with everyone else uh and, and i like that I'm, I'm excited this year coming up i'm cautiously optimistic i should say about the defense at least the offense is another thing um but let's go ahead and get into the offseason accusation uh, accusations is that how you say it offseason acquisitions acquisitions okay so i think the eagles probably won the offseason to be honest with you, again, I'm biased. This is an Eagles podcast. Of course, I'm going to say they won it. But there's a real case to be made that they won this offseason. Um, I think you can maybe put in, I think you can also put in, I think the Giants had a great draft. Did fucko <laughs> when it came to the off, to, to acquiring any talent. They did absolutely nothing. Um, but they, they did have a great draft. Evan Neal. Kevon Thibodeau, I can't say enough about it because I think it's one of the better drafts. Both New York teams had a great draft. Um, and I also just found out that Jermaine Johnson was on last chance U. I mean, what the hell, bro? Like, that's crazy. Um, that's nuts. So I, I like Jermaine Johnson. I had no idea he was on He was on last chance U. Probably because I never watched it. If I watched it, I would have known it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, man, um, I, I think the Eagles had the best offseason without a doubt in the division, but can make a case to have the, one of the best off seasons in the league, right? I mean, you're talking, I mean, look at the acquisitions. They have AJ Brown, right? They brought in AJ Brown to compliment, you know, we, you needed physicality. You had a lot of people that could fly, but you didn't really have a whole lot of physicality. AJ Brown brings the physicality. You, you can dump it off to him for five yards and he could take it 15, 20, even take it to the house if you need be. So they need someone that's going to, the defense is going to need someone to put on him that's just as scrappy as him or double team him, which is going to open up Devontae Smith on the other side. And it's going to create more one-on-one matchups for Quez Watkins, you know, who they may stick in the slot. Or maybe Devontae Smith goes in the slot and they put Quez Watkins on the outside and they say, hey, just go. Just go. Boom. Just go down there. Right? That's it. And Quez Watkins, Quez Watkins can fly, you know, ran a, I think it was a 4-3, 4-2, somewhere in that. Um so I think that's a great acquisition. I think the off the, the wide receiver core now has been boosted. I think the, it was either ESPN or pro football focus had the Eagles as, as the 10 best wide receiver as the 10th best wide receiver duo in the league right now. And they haven't even played a snap together. So that's number one, AJ Brown, James Bradbury. I mean, come on dog, right? That's the most recent one. James Bradbury is going to come in and play opposite of Darius Slay, you know what I'm saying? So you have two lockdown corners, just man-to-man, stick them out there, let them be physical, let them go play. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, the hell just fell down. All right, some, some shit just fell off the wall. So you have a crazy wide receiver duo, crazy corner duo, right? And then on top of that, right, you also add Hassan Reddick to the pass rush. You know what I'm saying? You had Hassan Reddick who's had... 20, I think he's had like 25 sacks the past two years, which if you break it down, it's like 11 and a half sacks per year. And that is, that would lead 
the Eagles, right? You add him to Josh Sweat, who had, I think, seven seven sacks last year. Uh, Javon Hargrave, who had seven sacks last year. Uh, you had him with Fletcher Cox. Like, it's just nuts, bro. It's nuts. And then you also have some other studs that they drafted last year. You know, we have Milton Williams, right, who was really, really good. Run stopper. You know what I'm saying? So you know, they have a lot of really good young talent on the, on the defensive side. And they just added a sign Reddick and Jordan Davis. You know what I'm saying? They also had uh, added Kazir White. Again, like I said, coverage linebacker, you know, who came from the, the Chargers, who Jonathan Gannon was their defensive coordinator. You know, so he saw what the future was going to be like. He, he was playing against, you know, my man, uh, Patrick Mahomes twice twice a year. He was playing against uh, Justin Herbert every day in practice. You know, so when you see things like that, right, and you see what direction they're going to, that's that's where the traditional sort of middle linebacker situation it, it's it's still there, right? Obviously, but people are asking more of. To me, I think Nakobe Dean's probably going to be the quote unquote traditional um, middle linebacker. And Kazir White is going to be more of a coverage guy, even though Nakobe Dean is also kind of a coverage guy. And I think they're going to want to swallow up the run with, you know, with Jordan Davis and, you know, Fletcher Cox and guys like that. So to me, um, I, I think they, they absolutely won. Uh, you add, and then on top of that, you had guys that are kind of going to be in the future, guys like Cam Jurgens, who may start next year, who are, who's going to sit back and who's going to learn, who's going to get a ton of reps in the in, in the preseason and stuff like that, who are going to learn from one of the best, you know, centers in the league, right? So who's going to learn from one of the best centers in the league? So you're looking at that and I'm saying that, I mean, <laughs> that's, that, that had to be, without a doubt, the best in the division because the Giants, like I said, Great draft, not really great, you know, in terms of free agent acquisition acquisitions. Damn, there's a fucking word again. The the Cowboys have gotten worse, right? Like the team that lost in the playoffs last year is better than the team that they're going into this season with this year. Um, you know, on top of that, you know, you lose Connor Williams, who I don't even know. They they just don't have a lot of bodies on and the on the offensive line, right? Like, you know, you got Zach Martin there. Zach Martin, Fletcher Cox, that's going to be, it's always a battle every year. And those guys are sort of, you know, they've kind of arced in the same way. Right. But yeah, it, 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 you have Zach Martin, you don't really have to, you know, who, I don't know who their center is, but you have Tyron Smith who, you know, was, you know, he reminds me of Jason Peters a lot because he's, when he's on, he's one of the best in the, in the league, but He's getting injured. He's getting a little bit older. So if you're banking on him to sort of, I'm not, I'm not going to say, obviously I'm not, I'm not like an Eagles fan that's going to wish, you know, injuries or anything, but that just happens when you get older, right? When you get older, you start to hurt shit. Like I'm, I'm 25 years old and I thought I didn't like, I have sciatica, right? Like, or I shouldn't say I have it cause I don't really have it anymore. It just kind of comes and goes now. But like, I didn't even know what sciatica was. You know what I mean? Like I thought he was a Marvel superhero, right? And they're like, no, it's it's when your back is inflamed. I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I was like, oh, sciatica. He was in the Avengers, right? No, no, back pains. All right, that's just it's just what happens when you get older, right? It's just what happens. So, um, to 
to bank on it is kind of wishful thinking. Again, I'm a big Jason Peters fan. I used to I'd be like that all the time. But eventually, I'm way happier now that Jordan Mailata's there. I'm way happier that Lane Johnson's there. Um, and those guys are healthy. So I'm just praying that the offensive line stays healthy because that has been a, like that's been nightmares. Give it literally giving me nightmares because of how like 2019 they start off great and then literally like the second or third game in everyone's getting injured. There was like five players injured, six players. It's like come on, bro. Like you know what I mean? It's just it, that stuff haunts me, right? So only thing you deck's gonna help that if you're a Cowboys fan is just be be ca- be cautiously optimistic because you still have the best quarterback in the division because Jalen Nurse is still kind of an unknown. Carson Wentz maybe second, you know, or whatever. But to me, banking on Tyron Smith to make it all and and you lost Lyle Collins, so it's just kind of, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a turning, you know, it's a bit of a what is it called? Um, carousel right of, of offensive linemen in dallas so um look i mean i'm not gonna complain you know, you know what i'm saying but uh i have been this i have been in the same boat with cowboys fans is what i'm saying so and i do have empathy for cowboys fans but uh all i'll say is let's talk about let's we'll click this off talked about eagles winning the offseason talked about marcus epps and then let's talk about NFC East rankings. Again, another list. Um, now, my rankings go as such. Um, I have Dallas winning the division, number one. I think they're going to win 12 games. Now, the reason I haven't won 12 games um, is because... Actually, I shouldn't say 12. I'm, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, that's there's only so many wins, right, to... to, to to go around, but they're considerably worse, obviously, than they were initially after after the offseason last year. Obviously, Amari Cooper got traded away, um, which which was a blunder by Jerry Jones, um, because you could have held on to him and, and traded up in the draft to get somebody, right? You could have, you know, swapped picks with somebody that was a little bit higher up than you were and been able to ha- at least have a swinging chance to get a guy like Akeem Aquanu or... Evan Neal or something like that, right? Have a swinging chance to get one of those guys. Um, so, you know, and, and actually, Evan Neal was there. You know, if they if they could have traded up, traded Amari for a first round pick, which a lot of people thought he was worth anyway, right? Like AJ Brown went for a first round pick. Um, Hollywood Brown went for a first round pick. So he he's definitely worth it. You know, Amari Cooper was worth a first round pick. Who who doesn't want a, a crispy route runner that can get open? You see what I'm saying? So they blundered that in my opinion. He's with the Browns now. Um but I still have them winning. You know what? I'm going to say they win 10 games right instead. So I'm going to say they win 10 games, 10 and 7, win the division. Uh and then second have the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to win 9 games go nine and eight. Uh, now the reason I'm kind of, I'm kind of off on the Eagles right now is I am cautiously optimistic that they're, they're going to finish second in the division because I don't think that Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz adds maybe like one or two wins to the commanders, but the commanders don't really <clears throat> trying to say the, 
the commanders are are good, right? Like they obviously they drafted Jahan Dotson, they have Curtis Samuel, they have um, Terry McLaurin, but Ron Rivera is not necessarily an offensive guy, right? Like he's an old school coach. You know what I mean? He's a four three stop the run, establish run on offense, right? So they're not going to ask Carson Wentz to do a whole lot, but you, you just came off of giving Carson Wentz the best the best offensive line in football in the Indianapolis Colts. The best offensive line in football, right? So that's number one. Uh, Number two, he had Jonathan Taylor last year who led the league in rushing, right? And rushing touchdowns and whatever the fuck else. He probably led in everything rushing he led, I'm pretty sure, right? So he already had one of the best offensive lines and one of the best running backs in the league and he couldn't beat the Jaguars to go into the into the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? So to me, I think that there's going to be a ton of duds. If you if you're an Eagles fan, you know that there's going to be a ton of duds. He's just going to he he'll have one or two games where he's super laid back, super chill, and he throws and he everything is just kind of clicking. And then he just he just throws up a dud, right? Like he'll throw up a, a pass into triple coverage, and you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, there, there, that's just times where that'll happen. And I think that this time, you know, I, I think the, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think that he, this time he's going to win the division. I don't think that they're going to win the division. Uh, I have them finishing third. Uh, you can't finish even anymore. So I'm going to say that they win seven games. I think they're going to go seven and ten. I think he'll add a couple games to that, like I said. But they'll go seven and ten largely. Uh, and then last is the Giants. Again, um, I have the Giants going four and thirteen. You know, I have them going four and thirteen because they they address needs, right? They address needs, and here's the thing with the Giants: is the Giants, I think, know that Daniel Jones really isn't that guy, right? And they're going to be saving up for a top ten pick maybe next year, right? But at the same time what the Giants are trying to do is become a free agent destination, right? So if they could showcase Kadarius Tony, if they can showcase, uh, you know, who, who, uh, Kenny Galladay and, and all those different things. And if Evan Neal turns out to be good, and if Andrew Thomas gets on the horse and, and does this thing, if Kevon Thibodeau is good, Danny Shaw, if those guys step it up, um, then you become a free agent destination. You know what I'm saying? You become like, you know, like last year, Right. The the Denver Broncos or in the offseason, I should say, the Denver Broncos prior to getting Russell Wilson, that was the that was the place. That was where I thought I thought that the Denver Broncos should have drafted Justin Fields, in my opinion. They had Jerry Judy, they had KJ Hamler, um, they had um Noah Fant, who is a stud, right? Uh they had a lot of good pieces, a very good offensive line. The pass rush was there. Right, so they had everything going for them, and all they needed was a quarterback, and they stuck with Drew Lock. And obviously, I'm not saying <laughs> Drew Lock is not like a, a franchise guy, in my opinion. You know, uh, Drew Lock is definitely a guy who is has a strong arm, has a lot of intangibles, um, or has a lot of had a lot, has a lot of tangibles, right? Like he can throw it, he can move a little bit, right? But he's just not, you know, he some some people that have that just throw up those duds. Like I was talking about Carson Wentz, they just throw those duds up, and you're just like, "What? What on earth? 
Like, what are you trying to do there, right? And you can't have the worst you can't have the worst quarterback in your division with Patrick Mahomes in your division, Justin Herbert in your division, Derek Carr in your division. You can't have the worst quarterback because you're never going to win, right? You're never going to win that division, right? So Drew Lock had to go. I thought they were going to draft Justin Fields. I thought that would have been a good play, but they didn't. And they were meta, you know, nine hundred thousand, you know, IQ whatever it be, um, you know, meta, <laughs> meta IQ, whatever it is. I, I forget. I forget. But they went and they secured Russell Wilson. So yeah, I, I mean, shit, you know, but they did lose Noah Fant. Um, but, uh, but yeah, either way though, fuck man, I forgot I was going with that. <laughs> Damn. So, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is no no that's that's what I'm just going to the the Giants are trying to be a free agent destination right because Drew Lock wasn't the guy they knew what they were doing they drafted Bradley Chubb they drafted two good receivers they drafted um a stud at tackle right so yes right yes of course you know they're going to uh they're going to try and address all these needs so that if, you know, they still have Blake Martinez. So the, the giants, I mean, if they want to be a free agent destination for some of the quarterbacks that are going to be going to be disgruntled and leave, um, that makes sense. And I think that's what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to become this free agent destination where quarterbacks who aren't necessarily happy can come and, and play for the giants. Plus it's, you know, I, I, in a way, it makes sense because if you look at the past two past couple years, the teams that have went all out, right? Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the twenty twenty Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won. Um, you know they went out and they got Tom Brady right from the Pats, and then went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Uh, this year, the Rams got uh, uh, Matt Stafford. Went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. So. That that seems to be the the move now is let's just let's just address all of our needs, let's fill all the holes we possibly can and try and get a quarterback with maybe one or two years left um in in their prime, give them some protection, give them some help, give them some weapons, and let let's let's see if this works. Work for Tampa Bay, who was the free agent like who was the best free agent destination, right? Then the Rams became one of the best free agent destinations. Uh, they, they swapped Jared Goff for uh, Matt Stafford, I think in a first round pick. Um, and definitely the Rams won that because the year later they went and they won the Super Bowl. And then after that, you know, now the Broncos just secured Russell Wilson. So we'll see what happens with that. Right. And I, if I had to bet, I think Russell Wilson probably, I don't think it's a walk in the park division. I mean, it was never it was never a walk in the park division. Let's keep it honest here. In the first like, in I would say the first twenty seventeen, it was kind of a walk in the park division for, you know, or twenty eighteen I should say, twenty eighteen. Whenever whenever Patrick Mahomes first year starting, when he threw fifty touchdowns, then it was kind of a walk in the park division. Then when they realized what they were dealing with, Justin Herbert got drafted. 
so on and so forth. I could be wrong. I think Justin Herbert was drafted in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. So after they realized what was going on, they were like, shit, you know, we're going to get our shit together. So now it's one of the hardest divisions to win in football. Uh, it was Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr. Now it's just, now it's Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. Right. So, uh, and the Raiders just worked out, uh, Colin Kaepernick too. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, and then I mean, we could, we could discuss that a little bit. I think he does deserve a shot to be in the NFL. Um, I mean, deserving is kind of a weird thing. I probably shouldn't have said it like that. What I mean by that is he, he should get a shot to at least be in the NFL. Yes. I know he's not like, it's not like Patrick Mahomes kneels and then they're letting Patrick Mahomes go. It's not going to happen. Right. But Colin Kaepernick, who was kind of already a fringe guy, right. Who reminds me, who actually reminds me a lot of Joe Flacco had one or two good years, went to the super bowl. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, went to the super bowl, Joe Flacco won. Obviously Colin Kaepernick was in that super bowl and lost, but, uh, I think that, if you look at Joe Flacco, he hasn't really been that great. He's just been a solid player, right? He's been a solid quarterback, makes the right reads, is just a steeple, right? Just standing there um, in in the pocket, just throwing, you know, that's it. So it's like, yeah, Joe Flacco is all right. I think that he, he's he's at least a backup, right? He's at least a guy who's going to come in and can steer the ship for a few for a few plays. Or, or a few games, right? And just not fumble it too much. Just keep it until, you know, until your guy comes back, right? And I think that that's what Colin can be. He can be the guy that comes in, but man, taking that taking that amount of time off, taking five years off of anything, you know, like it's tough. You know, taking five years off, it's like lifting weights. Like if you take five years off of lifting weights, you're not going to be able to push two, three plates like that. You're not going to come back into the gym and push three plates on bench press. You're not going to push three, you know, 315 on bench press after not working out for five years. I mean, five years, dog, right? You're doing nothing. You're sitting at home at, on the couch, chilling, doing whatever, and you try to come back and try and push three three plates on bench press, you're going to hurt yourself, right? You're going to drop that weight on your head, right? So, and and again, like, it's like if he, if he wants to come back, he's going to have to come back right now. He can't be like a project, right? He's not young enough to be like a project guy. He's got to come back and he's got to play right now, you know, kind of thing. So, I mean, uh, hopefully he does, you know, maybe he does and maybe they can, you know, maybe he gets signed, uh, you know, and I think the Raiders are kind of the perfect place for him really. Cause you know, he can, he can be behind Derek Carr who has been notoriously has kind of been an Iron Man. Uh, I, except for that one year when, um, Oh my God! What was it? It was they made they made the playoffs. The Raiders made the playoffs after like what, like ten years or some shit like that. I'm not making the playoffs. Derek Carr was considered for MVP, and then he went down. And the, the uh, my man from Michigan State had to come in, and you know during the playoff, it was just rough. It was rough, but um, it, other than that, he's been kind of notoriously has been a uh, an Iron Man, if you will. So. So yeah, man, that's that's kind of my assessment on that. He sh- he should be in the league at least as a backup because I know some bums, like guys that are not good at all that are in the league as backups. So at the very least, 
he should be, he could be a serviceable backup uh, or like a high level backup, like a Nick Foles or something like that. So, um, that's my view on it. No, I'm not, not a political at all, but, uh, but I'm saving the best for last. We don't often talk about college football here. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about cross this off. Let's go ahead and talk about Nick Saban's NIL comments. Uh, so Nick Saban, if you don't know, is the head coach for Alabama. Um, Alabama has been an absolute powerhouse school for the past, like, it seems like forever, but like 12 years has been like, a, yeah, I mean, 12 years, 13, 14, I, mean, I don't even know how long. It, it might even be like 15, 16 years. Um, but, the, I mean, Nick Saban's a, he's a boss. Right? He's a boss. He's, he's, um, I'm trying to think of, of how, of how else to put it, but there's no, there's no other way to say it. He's, he's, he's the goat of college football, right? College coaches, right? He's the goat. You can make an argument for Bear Bryant, but he's the goat really. Uh, so Nick Saban recently, he's a coach of Alabama, which is in the SEC. So it was stands for Southeastern conference. Now the SEC is known, right? Now this is all alleged, but it's kind of enough of these stories have went around for people to be like, He's kind of a, he's a guy who has benefited from a system of paying players sort of under the table for a long time. It's hard for me. Like you hear the stories about Mississippi, right? You hear, you hear stories about like, I'll say Mississippi, Mississippi state, or I've seen them on YouTube. Again, this is all alleged. I don't know this for a fact, but you, but you know, if you're playing in the sec, right. I would probably say, Nine times out of ten, allegedly, guys are given bags, right? Bags meaning money, right? There's there's a uh, there's a thing on YouTube where you can like watch it. It's called they talk about like bag men and what they do, and essentially these bag men are just people that that work for the school. They may be like an assistant to an assistant to an assistant, and their job is to recruit players, right? Their job is to recruit players, and they do that by either you know, talking to them saying, Hey, look, you know, come play for us. We'll slide you 50 K or we'll donate to, you know, your church, the church that your grandma goes to that your mom goes to or whatever. Right. They'll donate those things. Right. And, you know, obviously the South is real big on, um, you know, Christianity. It's they're, they're very, 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 uh, Christian, people down there, the God fearing people. And so you can make a donation to them, you know, in $50,000, right? $10,000 or so make a donation to, you know, a church and maybe the kid gets a kickback of that, or they give some money to mom and dad or whatever, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. So th this is kind of known that this allegedly goes on, right? This allegedly goes on, especially in the sec, because it's so competitive, because there's a lot of really good talent that comes out of the South, comes out of Florida, out of Georgia, out of Alabama, you know, the Carolinas, Texas, right? Louisiana, like a lot of talent comes out of there. A lot, a lot of talent comes out of there, right? California is another big one. So ultimately they are allegedly, I should say, they will pay these players to come and play for their programs. And you've heard, I've heard of Mississippi doing it, right? There was a, a linebacker that got paid to go to Mississippi or paid to go here, paid to go there. And 
no, those guys never refute it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just say they don't know about it. So there's this, there's this alleged thing going on where they're, they're paying players down in the SEC conference. Now, it would be hard for me to believe that somebody who, that a program who's not towards the bottom, but a program that is like, you know, if you're if you're a five star and a and if you're a five star prospect going into the into the the college, you're going you're you're a college prospect, right? If you're a five star guy, your offers the offers that you're con- going to consider are going to be this: they're going to be Ohio State, they're going to be maybe, not even maybe, they're going to be Alabama, they're going to be a school in California, USC, UCLA, a school in Florida probably the Gators or something like that. And then you're going to have a homer, right? You're going to have a home team that everyone wears their merchandise. That's you just, you just in their recruiting place. So here in Pennsylvania, it's Penn state, right? Penn state, right? Maybe your fifth option or maybe your second or third option because everyone down here, Southeast PA, central PA, not so much Western PA because that's more so pit, but a lot, most of Pennsylvania is like, okay, Penn State, that's the premier football school in Pennsylvania. If you want to go and, and you know, that, that's your pipeline to the NFL through Pennsylvania is Penn State. So if you're in Mississippi, it's Mississippi. It's Ole Miss, Mississippi State kind of thing, all right? Or if you're in the Carolinas, right, you got, you're probably going to Tennessee or you're going to Alabama, you know, so if you're down south and you have all these schools that are so good all bunched together, even the schools that are trying to be your fifth, even your homer schools, so to speak, they're paying people, allegedly. Allegedly, they're paying players. So it's hard for me to believe that the teams that don't often get those top-tier recruits are paying guys to play there, allegedly, and then the guys at the top who are getting all of these recruits are just doing it organically. You know what I'm saying? Like you're so successful during this period of time and during this, like, you know, the, these schemes and these backdoor deals are getting, are, are getting, you know, found out about, or, or people know that these backdoor deals exist and you're the only ones that aren't doing it the way everyone. No, it's bullshit, right? You know, everyone's, everyone's doing it, especially in this, in the SEC, everyone's doing it. So the idea that you're benefiting so much from it, you're not doing it, and these teams down here who aren't necessarily benefiting from it in the same capacity are doing it, it's bullshit. So I'm not accusing anybody, but I'm just saying it's a little bit fishy when everyone else around you, everyone else that knows you, everyone else is this and that, is coming out and talking about it, and you're the only one that's like, nah, bro. I don't know what they're talking about. They're doing that. You know what I mean? So if I had to assume... Right, not on the ledge, but if I had to assume that that was going on at Alabama, or if I had to assume that Nick Saban at least knew something about it, then if I was a betting man, I would say that they knew, right? But I'm not a betting man. <laughs> I'm not a betting man. I don't have I don't have money to bet. I don't have money to lose. So basically, Nick Saban comes out, and or the NCAA, who is the parent sort of association over all of college football, division one college football comes out and says, initially it was, it was like, you're a student athlete, you're a student athlete. So you're an amateur. If you get paid a salary to play football or whatever division one you're playing, you're guess what? You're no longer an amateur athlete. You can no longer play. There is a punishment that follows that. Not necessarily a legal punishment, but a punishment from playing the game, 
right? And in the and to play in the NFL, you have to be three years removed from high school, right? So you have to be at least twenty one years old or three years removed from high school to play in the NFL to be drafted into the NFL, right? In basketball, it's one year, and this is where I think the NAL kind of saw the writing on the wall, which was a lot of some bas- some recruits, right? Like like uh, the big one that I could think about is Lamelo Ball, off the top of my head. He was fantastic in high school, right? One of the Ball brothers, right? And he's like, why would I go and p- play for free at a college where they're going to make money off of me? They're going to put billboards with my name on it. They're going to sell tickets. They're going to sell my jersey with my name on the back of it. And I can't do anything to appeal that, right? I can't do anything, right? I can't accept $15 to get you know, a McChicken, right? I can't sign an autograph, get 15 bucks, go get a McChicken because I'm hungry because that jeopardizes my status. But they can make billions of dollars a year or probably a billion in total when you're done, right, off of you and not pay you anything. He said, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go, right? Probably him and his dad, they're like, I'm going to go. I'm going to play overseas. I'm going to get paid to play. I'm going to get paid for my time overseas and that's it. Boom. He went, he went overseas and the college football missed out on an electric, you know, player Lamella ball. Cause you see him, he's doing great for the Hornets. Obviously the Hornets are on the, on the playoffs this year, but he played great this year. Right. So this kind of became a trend, right? It became a trend where people were like, I might as well just go G league or go overseas and get paid to play for a year and then come back and get drafted in the NF into the NBA. Right, so teams started to see this. The NCAA, NCAA started to see this, and as well as the Supreme Court says, if you're going to use the name, image, and likeness, which is what NIL stands for, name, image, likeness, if you're going to use the name NIL, name, image, likeness of these people, right, of these young men and women, you're they're going they can be compensated for it, right? So they can appear in a commercial. They can they can get a sponsor. They can get someone that's going to pay them, right? So that that it was a Supreme court ruling. So the NCAA changed, changed the rules on it. They said, you can get paid to do this. You can get paid to do that. So now they're trying to iron out the details of it, which is like, you know, can, here's the thing is that I think that Nick Saban's worried about the recruits, right? Because if I'm a five-star recruit, right? I can, again, like I said, I'm a five-star recruit, and I know if I go to Florida, there's going to be other five-star recruits there. If I go to Alabama, there's going to be other five-star recruits there. If I go to one of these other big schools that, that have a lot, Texas A&M, right, and they all have five-star recruits there, Georgia, whatever, when am I going to play? You know what I'm saying? When am I going to be able to play? Am I going to play three years from now, four years from now? Am I going to have to come back on the fifth year and then play that year and play one year? Right. And then try and get drafted. You see what I'm saying? Like, what am I going to do? Right. When say I never get that opportunity, say I get injured. Right. And then I sat on the bench my entire college career when I can go to another school and be the man at that school and get sponsors and get, you know, commercials and get paid for my name, image and likeness. And I'm the man at that school. Right. And I'm getting more reps and I'm going to, I'm going to be able to learn from all these I'm going to be able to put up good tape. 
I'm going to be able to learn all these different, you know, maybe a polished product by the time I get to the NFL. I think it's great because of that. I think it's great because you don't have an Alabama that has four fucking five round, five star recruits at quarterback. Right. And then each one is only going to start one year. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me is kind of ridiculous, right? That to me is wild that they have all these five-star guys and they want to keep it that way because that's, that's how you win championships, right? Like you win championships, like, like Georgia won the championship this year. They won the national championship. All those guys, most of those guys are in the draft. You know why? Because those guys were, were recruited in 2018, 2018, Georgia had the best recruiting class, right? Three years later, it paid dividends because they won the, the national championship. You know what I mean? Jordan Davis, you know, Quay Walker, all, all these different guys that were drafted, Nicobe Dean, all those guys committed to play in 2018, right? That, that's not, that, that, that's just how it's won in, in, in college football, right? So Nick Saban is kind of upset about that. I think what it really what it was, he was scared about the draft picks, but he also said Deion Sanders paid Travis Hunter a million dollars. Travis Hunter's a corner, five star, uh, that was offered to Alabama as well. Uh, he also called out Jimbo Fisher. He said that Jimbo Fisher bought all of the players that were all on the Texas A&M roster, um, and he it was a call out to the boosters, really, right? He called out all these guys, but it was a call to the boosters to say, "Look, we need help, right? You need to start forking out some money." so that we can get these people because now the price went up before you were getting them for allegedly you were getting them from $10,000, a couple grand, a, a donation here, donation there. We were getting a ton of players right through, through these sort of alleged backyard avenues. But now cost prices went up. Do you know what I'm saying? I just went up in my price. Now you got to pay me hundred K. Now you got to pay me 150. Now you got to hook me up with a deal. Now you got to do, you know what I'm saying? And, and Alabama can do that. Because of uh, they just have to pivot, right? Alabama can if all I'm saying is that Saban, if he put the amount of time, and, I, and I'm not I'm not disparaging Saban as a person. I'm not saying that. I'm speaking specifically about his comments. If you want to really, really seriously compete, you still can, right? But it's either that's why you have to admire people like Drake, people like Snoop. Because when times start to change, right, like Snoop Dogg is not necessarily known for his music like that anymore, right? To people my, like my, me, myself, my parents, they know Snoop Dogg for his, for his like, you know, even me. We, I know Snoop Dogg because of his lyrics, right, because of um, the music that he made. But my, my sister, right, who's 10, she knows Snoop Dogg from Fortnite. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm, I'm sure he would want to be known for his music because that's what he loves to do. But he didn't complain about it. He shifted, right? Now he does streams. He's in Fortnite. He pops up everywhere, does collabs with this person, collabs with that person. He's doing Corona. He's, you know what I'm saying? So he, he's crossing over so much, right? And that's what's keeping him relevant, right? Because he's taking that energy and, and what he, he could be like upset about it, but instead of being upset, he just goes and does, does another commercial with somebody that's relevant now. You know what I'm saying? And I think that if Nick if Nick Saban can sort of pivot that and now he can reach out to Nike, he can reach out to all these different, you know, clubs and say, Hey, look, let's get these guys some sponsors or let's get these guys this or that. I get it, like it's still kind of murky with the NAL because people aren't really too sure about what's gonna go on. Uh they're not really too sure 
how these kids are going to get paid, if it's going to be a deal situation where, you know, you're going to have, because right now teams like Michigan, right? The University of Michigan, the Wolverines, their whole team assigned to Jordan. If I get an Adidas deal, do I wear Adidas? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do I do now? So to me, I, I, or maybe not, maybe not Adidas. Cause I think that's, you know, who, who knows what that, right. But I don't know. Shit. I, I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to work, but I just think that Saban, um, there was no need to call out Deion Sanders. And, and again, let me address that. Travis Hunter, who's the recruit that he's talking about. They said that Travis Hunter was offered a million dollars by Jackson State. Jackson State is an HBCU, historically black college and university. And Deion Sanders is the head coach. Deion Sanders is the greatest corner of all time. The greatest corner of all time. Travis Hunter is a corner. Why would he not take an opportunity to be coached again by the greatest corner of all time. If Tom Brady walked away from Fox Sports, walked away from that massive $300 million contract, and said, I'm going to go coach the University of Michigan, they'd kick Harbaugh off. Harbaugh, they'd boop, see you Harbaugh, welcome Coach Brady. I, I, I can almost guarantee that there will be at least two, three, four guys that are going to be five stars that are saying, you know what, I'm going to go fucking, I'm going to go play for Coach Brady because he knows what it takes. He's he's the most accomplished quarterback ever, and he has all the stats to prove it. See what I'm saying? So, okay, okay, I got a little got a little worked up, but that to me that was just Saban came out and said he apologized, but I thought that that was the only thing that was kind of a shot. And, and that was the only thing that didn't make sense. I don't know about the Jimbo Fisher stuff. They said that that, that relationship is kind of over, but that was the only out of bounds one because that was the only one that made the most sense. That was the only thing that was like, Oh, I could see why he did that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't see why people would go to college station. Right. I can't see why, you know, whatever it is. Right. Like I, I can't, certain stuff is like, okay, whatever you, you can, you can sway me. But in terms of the Deion Sanders thing, that is that makes perfect sense. Like that at least does to me. Right? It makes perfect sense if you want to be the greatest, right? And you have the ability to, why not learn from the greatest? You know? So that's my opinion on it. That's those are my views on the Saban stuff. Um it's gonna I don't think it's gonna be this huge meltdown of college football, even if it is. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? College football is still gonna be relevant. As long as the NFL is relevant. People are going to still need to go to college. I don't mind it. God, that was a little loud. I don't really mind it. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I think that I think that Saban is, he's going to pivot. He's going to pivot, and he's going to start doing all these, you know, watch. Uh, just watching the recruiting channel, he's going to hit it hard, and I hope that he reaches out to his boosters, which is what I think this was, more or less. Uh, although I do think that the personal jabs were a little bit, they were a little bit out of there. Uh, but it was a call to the boosters to say, if you want to keep this going, we need some donations out this, out this mode, right? So that's going to wrap it up for me, guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, if you like more of the college football talk, let me know. I'm going to clip it and put it up. Um, 
would love your feedback on that stuff. Would love for you to leave a comment. Um, or post it on Instagram. Send me a message. Send me a DM if you like this kind of stuff. So please, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. If you're listening, you know, subscribe, rate, review, whatever it may be. Um, and just enjoy your day. Right? Enjoy your day. Have a good one, y'all. Oh, God. I was watching Jocko Willink. That's not it. Have a good one, guys. Uh, love each and every one of you. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed more of this content. If you like the college stuff, again, let me know. And I will talk to you next week. Peace out. Thank you.